The theme of our discussion today is uh, your table is a bridge. You can take it literally if you want. If you want to use the wood from your table as a bridge and step on it, that's fine. It can still take you somewhere. But it's a bridge. And we're going to look at how can God use your, your table as a bridge. Confucius said, do not do to others what you don't want to be done to you. Do not do to others what you don't want to be done to you. This thought has been considered as a golden rule for many years. It's a golden rule for keeping the peace. If you want peace, do not do to others what you wouldn't want done to you. However, if you, you look closely to this statement, if you pay attention, you will understand that it's a passive statement. It's a passive statement. This rule encourages us not to do. It says, do not do. So the less you do, the better. If you try not to do, you are safe, isn't it? According to Confucius, the less you do, the more you stay home, the more you avoid doing, the better. The focus in, is on what we avoid doing. We pay attention to what we don't want to do. And then Jesus came and corrected this statement when he said in Matthew 7, 12, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. Whatever you want done to you, do it. This is an active rule. It's encouraged us to get out of our comfort zone and do what we want done to us. Jesus came to reverse, to correct the rule, the golden rule. If you would like someone to make you some coffee, make them coffee first. That's what Jesus meant. He said, if you want your spouse to listen to you, start listening to her or to him first. If you want someone to listen to you, start being a listener. Start being a listener. Jesus said, if you want something to happen, be the first to do it. So it's an active. You get out of your comfort zone, you go and do it first. So the rule is not about how to get people to do what we want. Jesus was not trying to tell people, if you want your spouse to listen to you, start listening, then they will listen to you. That's what Jesus did not say, if you do it, they will do it. No, he just said, if you want it done, just do it. Do you get that? It's not like a way of making people do things for you. No, 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 no. It's just a way of sowing in people's lives. Whatever you want done for you, do it for others. Full stop. He didn't continue and say, and then it will be done to you. It's a way of life Jesus introduced. So let's look at some basic rules or one of the basic rules or basic needs, one of the basic needs of human beings 
of all of us is to be accepted. We all want to be accepted. When you go to a place, you want to be accepted. When you, in your home, you want to feel accepted. In, in your office, you want to be accepted. You want to feel accepted. And Jesus said, if you want to be accepted, accept others. It's that simple. If you want to be accepted, accept others. And what is simple, it's not necessarily easy. Simple means you can understand it. Easy means you can do it easily. No, it can be simple and not easy. Simple, it's clear. So Jesus wants us to accept others if we want to be accepted. It is called hospitality. The rule of accepting others is called hospitality. We are going to look into it. So we can paraphrase what Jesus said like this. If you want to be accepted, accept others. Early Christians defined hospitality as welcoming the stranger. So the early Christians, they knew hospitality as the, the art or, or the activity or the attitude of welcoming the stranger. So based on our definition, our definition of hospitality, the question is, how would you like to be treated if you were a stranger? How would you like to be treated if it was you? How would you like people to welcome you if you were a stranger? But that begs another question. So what is a stranger? Who is a stranger? How do we define a stranger? And another question, what does it mean to welcome? What is the meaning of welcoming? So if we understand who is a stranger and we understand what welcome means, then we will know what Jesus meant by asking us to accept others as we would love to be accepted. Let's go to the Bible and read this other scripture in Matthew Chapter 25, verse 31 to 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. He will put the sheep on the right and the goat to the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, I assure you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. 
In this passage, we can identify four groups, four groups of people to whom Jesus expects us to be hospitable. Four groups of people we can see in this passage. The first group is called the poor. These people are called the poor. Those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, they are naked, they are poor. They don't have these things. In this season, at this moment, they don't have water. They don't have clothes. They don't have food. We call them poor. And we can add to this group orphans and widows. To this group of, of, of poor. Why do we add orphans and widows? Because we know in, in the Bible, in that the time of the, the Bible was written, so we, 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 without a father or without a husband, the family became poor because there was no source of income. Things have changed today, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean there's no discrimination to women, to, 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 to widows and orphans or something. I may not call it discrimination, but there is still something happening. They're still marginalized somehow in our society. And the second group is uh, made of strangers, or we can call them the strangers. So who is a stranger? How do we define a stranger? Okay, foreigners are strangers. Someone who doesn't belong here, someone who has just arrived from somewhere else is a, is a, is a stranger. Or anyone who is different to us is a stranger. Anyone who speaks differently, anyone with a different lifestyle, anyone with who sounds differently, or anyone who thinks differently is a stranger to us. Anyone who thinks differently. N nowadays, it's becoming harder and harder to welcome those who think differently. Just different, different ideas are not welcome these days. We prefer to sit with people who may look differently, but if they think differently, they become, I can call even enemies. So those are strangers, people who think differently, people who look different, or people who sound different to us. And then we have another group of sick people, sick, those with medical conditions. And then we have prisoners. A prisoner is a person in bondage. Maybe spiritual bondage or emotional bondage or addictions or just a destructive lifestyle. Someone who is in bondage is a prisoner. Or it can be literally someone who is in jail, in a physical jail. They don't have the physical freedom to go out. All these people are categorized as prisoners. And, and God, Jesus put all these four groups in this. And he said, when you visited, when you helped one of these people, you helped me. When you helped one of these four people, a, a poor or a stranger or a sick person or, or, or the prisoner, when you helped one of these people, you helped me. So he said, being a Christian consists of being hospitable to these four groups. If you are hospitable to these four groups, you are really a Christian. He further said, heaven is for those who pay attention 
to the need of these four groups. You will go to heaven, according to Jesus, if you pay attention to the needs of these four groups. Oh, that's dangerous because I thought heaven was for people who profess to be Christians. I thought heaven was for people who call themselves Christians. Jesus took it another step further by saying, oh, you can call yourself a Christian, but if you don't pay attention to the needs of the poor, the stranger, the sick, and the prisoner, heaven is not for you. That's scary, isn't it? That's scary. We have to do something then. He said, whatever you did for one of these, the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. When we welcome the stranger, we welcome Jesus. What does it mean to welcome the stranger or to welcome? Justifying. Welcome. There are three stages I would suggest in the biblical sense of the word welcome. I would suggest three stages or three steps of welcoming. And, and let's look at what it means to welcome according to the Bible. The first stage is reaching out. Ah, I thought welcome means you stay home until someone knocks at the door. But the Bible doesn't say we should wait at home until someone knocks for us to open the door. It means we should be reaching out, seeking, looking for the stranger. Is there any stranger there? Is there any stranger here? Reaching out is part of welcoming. We should be active. Remember, it's not whatever you do not do. It is whatever you do. It is an active attitude. Romans chapter 12 verse 13 says, Share with the saints in their need. Pursue hospitality. I love that. Of course, we share with the saints in their need. We, we give to people. We, we meet people's need. But then it says, pursue hospitality. Pursue suggests an active attitude. When you are pursuing something, you don't wait for it to come to you. If you are pursuing something, you don't wait for it to happen. You go after it. You, you go searching for it. Where is an opportunity for me to be hospitable? Is it hospitable or hospitable? One of those. Hospitable or hospitable. Hospitable. <laughs> It is our responsibility to seek hospitality, to seek for an opportunity to invite people. It is our responsibility to go and find it. It is on us to strive for people who are hurting, people in need, people in bondage, people who think differently and welcome them. We are going out. We are supposed to go out and find them. Who is in need around here? That I can welcome them. That's a big responsibility. I prefer Confucius style. I stay home, I close my door. Until someone in need knocks, I'm fine. My conscience is fine. Then Jesus comes and raises the bar. Get out of your home, Mike. Open that door. Go out and seek for someone in Jesus. Be serious. That was not the deal. The deal was, I'm a good person until someone knocks at, at my door. I'm not opening. And Jesus says, no. Go and open it. 
and go out there to find those people. So the question is, do you think someone who thinks differently will come and knock at your door? Or someone who doesn't look like you, do you think they will come, they get the courage? They are vulnerable. They are the one in need. They will get the courage to come and knock at your door, knowing you think differently, and knock at your door for help. That's why Jesus said, go out and find them. Pursue hospitality. It's something, it's an active attitude. You, find, you try to find opportunities to do it. Find someone in need. Find someone hurting. Find someone in bondage and welcome them. It's not always easy to reach out. It's not always easy to get out, to, to open your door and go out and seek and pursue hospitality. You know why? Because of two reasons. One is fear. We are afraid that we may hurt someone by what we say. Or we are afraid to be hurt. We don't want people to say things we don't want to hear. So we are afraid. That's why we don't want to pursue hospitality. Or we are afraid to be judged. You know, if you open your door to someone and they come in your in your in your you know, your, your privacy or your, your, your home or your, your, perso your personality, you know, people will start to discover your weaknesses. People will start to see that you are not perfect. And if you are not perfect, then people will see, will start to judge you. If your home used that day, you forgot to clean the carpet and people will see that the carpet is dirty, they will go and say that your carpet is dirty. You don't want to be judged. Do you get what I'm talking about? If you welcome people, the closer people get to you, the more but they start to see weaknesses. And because you don't want people to get close, so you closer, so you keep them out. So, no, 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 I want to live my life alone. I don't want anyone to get inside of my private circle. And Jesus said, Open the door. Let them come in. Why? Because they want to see we are human. People need to see that we are human for them to learn the grace of God. They, want to, they need to see that we are human. We are fallible, but forgiven. We are forgiven. So the fear of being judged, the fear of being... Uh, Misunderstood, misunderstood or the, of hurting or being hurt. We keep people outside. But also it's selfishness, just selfishness. You know what? It takes maybe four hours to cook a meal. Maybe more. I'm not an expert cook, but it may take you, me four hours. Maybe for you it may take 30 minutes. It takes longer for people like me who are still learning. So I can watch maybe two movies, two good movies in those two four hours. So instead of inviting people at my at my place, and I know I can achieve or can entertain myself for four hours in a cozy, my you know in in my couch and nice comfortable place, I don't want to start cooking and then clean up when they leave. Most guests don't clean up. When they come home, they just leave you the work to clean up. When you look at all that, you're like, no, no. Next time, next time, next time, until four years pass. Uh, yeah, 10 years later, you never invited someone. Why? Because we are selfish. Jesus says, open the door of your home. Invite people at your table. 
No one has everything in order. Don't be scared of being judged. No one has got everything in order. We are all on a journey. We're all on a journey. Hospitality is about inviting people into your life so that they can see your humanity. They can see the grace of God at work. They can see your imperfection. It's fine. It is fine. Hospitality requires getting out of our comfort zone, reach out to strangers, bring them home. That's scary, isn't it? Because we don't know strangers. We don't know what they can do. We don't know if they are going to leave our home with our phones in the pocket. We don't know. We don't know. That's why, why, that's why we're scared of scared strangers, because we think if you bring a stranger home, maybe they will leave with your credit card in the pocket. <laughs> but Jesus said, still bring them. Still bring them. Because the next step in hospitality is restoration. After reaching out, you need to restore. Matthew 25, 35 to 36. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you, you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Restoration happens when you bring a stranger in your life. Then give them access to you and your resources. You give them access to you and to your resources. Giving someone access to your resources. If it's food, you give them access to food. If it's water, you give them access to water. If it's smile, you give them. Like, hospitality happens when you bring someone to your life and give them access to your resources. It meets a need. When someone is lonely, you give them time. You share your resources. Hospitality cooks a meal. It asks the right questions to discover the need of others. It's after needs. Hospitality is after need for restoration. There was a particular preacher, a pastor who preached one day about heaven in his church. Preached about church on, uh, heaven on Sunday. And then the following day, he, he met this church member who who asked him, Pastor, yesterday the message was good. The sermon was about heaven. I loved it. But you told us everything about heaven. You did not tell us where is heaven. Where is heaven? And then the pastor said, oh, that's the right question. You know, I've just received a phone call from a church member who is really sick today. They are really sick. And, and, and they have no one to assist them. Uh, if you can give them a call, if you can buy some groceries and, and go and visit them and pray with them and read Psalm 23 for them, you just go and do the things I'm telling you. By the time you finish, you will find heaven. And the, the, the man said, okay, pastor, I, I will try that. The, the, the man left, went to the grocery shop, uh, to, the, to the shop and bought, bought, bought stuff and gave a call to the, to the sick person and Went there, sat down, prayed with them, read Psalm 23, and left the house. And the next day, he called the pastor and said, Oh, pastor, I found heaven. I finally found it. We find heaven when we meet in it.
when we meet a need, we find heaven. There is this sense of satisfaction. There is this sense of, and I'm not saying that's where we will go. No. When we meet, when, when we meet people's need, we, we create that test of how heaven will look like. When we serve people, when we restore people, we give them that experience and we feel it. We feel it ourselves when we do it. We do be committed to hospitality as a church. Sometimes we wait for God to visit us. We pray that God will visit us. While there are opportunities around us to see God and experience him when we meet other people's need. And not every time that you become hospitable, not every time that you invite people at your table that you will see the result. No. Restoration takes time. It may take two years you are inviting someone to your, at your table. Two years before you start to see any outcome out of it. But we keep doing it. To get someone out of bondage to freedom is not a work of one day. It's not just one meal. It may take meals and meals and meals before you start seeing some changes. I believe that all of us here gave our lives to Jesus because someone was nice to us. I don't know. Maybe some of you, most of us, maybe some of you came to Jesus because someone said, look at you. You don't deserve anything, you. You are going nowhere. And then you say, ah, I'm giving my life to Jesus today. Was, it, was that the case for you? Someone told you, you are, you are worthless, useless. And you said, yes, I give my life to Jesus. It took someone to be nice to you, someone to invite you, someone to be kind to you. Why? Because hospitality makes us the hands and feet of Jesus on earth. When we serve people, when we invite people, when people see the love through us, that's when they see Jesus. And that's when we reach to the heart. So I would say hospitality is a bridge to the heart. Your table is the bridge to people's heart. It is a bridge. It gives you access to people's heart. They say that people don't need to know how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. What does it mean? It means you need to care and care and care and care. And then they believe you care. Then they will ask you, what do you mean? By, you know, then they want to know what you know. But we want people to know first what we know before we can care for them. Matthew chapter 9 verse 10 to 12 says, While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came as guests to eat with Jesus and his disciples. It continues to say that when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciple, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? 
But when he heard this, he said, those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do. Hospitality is risky because you're going to sit with sinners. You will be judged for it. You will get misunderstood. You'll be misunderstood or things may happen in the process. But Jesus did it. He became a friend to sinners, watch this, not a friend to sin. He did not condone sin, but he accepted sinners. Our table is supposed to be the bridge for those who need forgiveness. For those who need Jesus, our table is supposed to be a bridge. Your table is where you show care. Your table is where you reflect Jesus. Your table is where you show the world how Jesus could have done if he was on earth. He sat down with sinners. Do you sit down with sinners? Do you? Do you sit down with people who don't think the way you think? Do you, you sit down with the people outside of your, or, you know, of your Bible, people who agree, people who can finish your sentence? You know, most of our friends can fish, finish our sentences. For the Lord loved the world so that your friend can finish that statement. They know all John 3.16. How about when you start for the Lord loved the world and they ask you who is Lord? Ah, those are people we need. To, those are strangers. They don't even know. They don't even believe his God exists. Still, we welcome them. The purpose of our table is not to convict people. We don't invite people so we can bombard them. No, with words and... and, and, and. No, we invite people so that they can see the love. We can win the heart. I know that we have different temperament. I know we have different personalities and different, we are living in a different seasons of life. So some of us, like if you have kids, uh, if you, are, you have young children, young children, I'm not asking you to organize a meal at 7 p.m. The time that you need to put your children to, to bed, that's not the time you have to invite people at your, at your home. But you, you can find a way to still be hospitable. So I'm not trying to say everybody should do the same thing. But we can all open our doors and set a table for strangers, for those in need. We can't help people if we don't know what they are going through. We can't help people if we don't understand what is going on around their lives, if we don't understand the need. We can't help them. And we can't know this if we don't pay attention. And we can't pay attention if you're not close enough. It requires proximity to see closely. So how do we get close to people in need? If we close the doors of our homes. We have to bring them in. We need to. We need to. We need to pay attention to people's need and make a table. It's at the table where we listen to stories, where we ask the right questions, when we get to know what people are going through at the table. 
And the final stage is releasing. The purpose of hospitality is not to create a system of dependence. It's not to create a system where people will depend on us forever. The last stage of hospitality in the Bible is to show the stranger the way. You feed the stranger, you give the stranger some water, a place to sleep, and tomorrow you show them, oh, that's where you are going, that's the way, go left and turn right, that, that's where we are going. That is the purpose. That is the last stage of hospitality. So we are not asking as, as the Christians to build a system of dependence. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the last stage should be to release the person. But where are you releasing the person to? You are releasing the person to Jesus. So the whole process of reaching out and welcoming and opening your door and setting a table has one purpose, to release that person to Jesus. You need to show the person where to find Jesus. That's the purpose of hospitality. We all need someone to show us the way. We all need that. We needed that at some point in our lives. And there are people out there who still need it. Someone to show them the way. So my question is, is your door open? Do the people around you feel like they can run to, uh, to you when they need help? In your office, your clients, your customers, do they know that they can run to you when they need help? Not just about what you deliver as a business. If someone in the office needs coffee, do they, do they feel like they can ask you to serve them coffee? Think about that. If, if in your office, do you, do you think if people need something, they will ask you, can you pass me that? Or every time they ask you, your, your face changes and you look at them, this should be the last time. Are you hospitable in your office? Are you hospitable at home? Can your brother ask you to pass them on something? And you ask them, or do you ask them, don't you have legs? Oh, I've heard that many times. <laughs> Someone said this. Some people make you feel at home. Others make you wish you were home. W which one are you? <laughs> Do you make people feel like home or you make people feel like they wish they were home? Hospitality is bigger than hanging around with friends. It aims at taking strangers and making them neighbors. And making neighbors into members of God's family. That's what I want you to remember. Hospitality is not just about me inviting you home. You inviting me at your place which is still great. We build each other when we do that. Hospitality is it aims at making strangers. We take strangers and we make them neighbors. People who don't look like us. They don't sound like us, they don't think like us, and we make na them neighbors. We bring them close enough that they can feel they belong. And then the process continues. Neighbors, we make them part of the family of God. Honestly, I'm not asking you to adopt everybody into your home. I'm asking you to adopt everybody into the family of God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Don't neglect to show hospitality 
For by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. This is important. Angels serve us. God deploys angels to serve us. So what the author here is saying is, when you welcome strangers, by doing that, some of them will be angels. Some of them are coming to solve your problems. Some of them are coming to give you answers to your questions. By being hospitable, by opening the door to strangers, they may look dirty, they may look strange, they may look ugly, they may look whatever they look like. But when you welcome them, some of them are angels. They're coming to serve you. But remember, but you are an angel to some people too. People will come to you because God wants to use you as an angel to solve their problems, to listen to their stories. And we can do that through our table. Because our table is a bridge. Amen. 